0: The word instead implies a discovery. For example, you say, I-, I thought I was going to lose my job. Instead, they gave me a promotion. I, I-, I thought I was going to need surgery. Instead, I, I fully recovered. Some of you might say, said, I-, I thought the deadline had passed, but instead, I was just in time. Instead implies a discovery of something you didn't know that was possible. I want you to know every one of us, every one of us, there's God's best for you. At Westover, we call it making great. God has a making great. God's best is available to us. And I want to share with you, God's best is worth praying for. God's best is worth waiting for. And God's best is worth fighting for. Young adult. Get God's best. Don't just accept anyone. Don't don't marry into a relationship that is not right. God has a best for you. Pray for God's best. Just just don't take the anything and everything that comes along. Seek God's best in your life. In Matthew chapter 5, verse number 6, in what we call the Sermon on the Mount, and in the Sermon on the Mount, we're in this section called the Beatitudes. Jesus will give us this, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I'll be talking about that one word tonight. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For what? They will be filled. What does this word filled mean? In in the original language, the Greek language with the New Testament is written in, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, they will be filled. The idea is being stuffed. Stuffed they'll be stuffed. Thanksgiving's coming up, okay? You know what I'm talking about? You know what it is that you, you eat, and you, you, you know you've eaten to you're filled, but you're not going to stop until you're stuffed. I mean, you're going you're gonna to have that extra portion of dressing and turkey. And then when you can't take any more, you say, cut me just a sliver of pie. Yeah, yeah. Cut me just a sliver, a sliver of that pie. And I'll take two or three slivers of it, by the way, you know. And you just eat till you can't take any more. Here's what God is saying. If you'll focus on righteousness, here's what God says, you're going, to get, you're going to be stuffed with his best. You're going to be overflowing. God's best will come in and to your life. That's what God has for us. God wants you to know and experience his best. Righteousness means to be in right standing with God, to be in right standing with God, and to do the right thing. Righteousness is to, to be in right standing with God and to do the right thing. In other words, when, when you, will, you will be in right standing with God, you're qualified for God's best. God's best can and will come to you when you're in right standing with him. You know, unrighteousness is really accepting less than God's best. Anytime I accept less than God's best, I'm walking in unrighteousness. Because if I'm in right standing with God and doing my best, God says, I'm going to bring my best to you. Let me bring it down and put it succinctly like this. Pursue the better and God will deliver the best. Pursue the better and God will deliver the best. Pursue the better in your life. Whatever your, don't downsize. Say, God, I'm going to shoot for the best. I'm going to pray for the best. I'm going to be the best. I want to be the best dad. I want to be the best parent. I want to be the best employee. I want to be the best believer. I I don't want to to be 70% of the Ten Commandments. I want to, God, I want to achieve in every area. And God said if you do that, God's promise to you is he will deliver his best to us. Do you know people can deter us from the best? Have you ever talked to somebody you say, you know what I believe God wants me to do? And say, oh, you don't have to do that. You don't really have to do that. Well, I believe this is what God, well, you know what? That's, that's the way they used to think back then. That's old school, or that's the Old Testament, or that's the old way. You know, we're living in the 21st century. God, God has changed and relaxed his rules. You, you don't have to do Don't let anyone talk you out of God's best. And people can deter you from finding and experiencing God's best. Do you know when, when Jesus came to John the Baptist, it's recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, to be baptized in water? Do you know what John the Baptist told Jesus? The, John the Baptist said, you don't need to be baptized. In fact, it says in, in Matthew 3 and 14, it says, and John tried to deter him. John the Baptist said, Jesus, you don't need to be baptized in water. Uh, You you don't need to do this. I'm the one. I should be asking you, do you know even good people, even good people can deter you from following what God has? Somebody can tell you, well, you know what? That degree is not necessary. And for some of us, we got two or three years into college and we dropped out because somebody said, you know, you really don't have to have that. And it's been nagging at you. Why? Because God said, I had a best for you. I want to encourage you, get back into school. Go to night school. If that's what God laid on your heart, then finish it. Somebody is saying, you know what? It's not necessary to go to counseling. If God wants you, God wants you to solve the problem, he'll, he'll fix it himself or, or it never was meant to be. Oh, don't accept that. Don't accept that. Allow God to do something good in your life. Some people say it's pointless to tithe. Some of you, you you have a cousin who's talked you out of tithing. They've talked you out of God's blessing. Why? Because God is saying, if he's placed it in your heart, go for the best in life. Uh, The book of Philippians chapter number 1, verse number 10 and following. Here's Here's what the New Testament says. The Apostle Paul said, I, I pray that you may be able to discern what the, the best, say that word with me, what the best is. God wants you to discern, God wants you to figure out what the best is and may be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. God says, I don't want you to miss the best. I want you to discern it. I don't want you to take second best. I don't want you to take inferior God says, I want you to understand I have a best for you. And this best is found as you grow in righteousness. The fruit of righteousness will always bring God's best in our life. And I want to share with you this weekend principles of righteousness. Principles of righteousness. They're in your your app notes if you want to follow along. But the first principle of righteousness is this righteousness begins with repentance. That's what scripture teaches. Righteousness begins with repentance. If we try to get righteousness without repentance, here's what the Bible said then my righteousness is as filthy rags. I'll never be accepted. And some of us, some of us are trying to get to God by saying, Well, you know, God, I. I I do these nice things, and I pay my taxes, and I do this, and I do this, and do this, and God says, you know what? All of your righteousness falls short. Why? Because righteousness begins with repentance. What puts me on the path of of God's blessings is repentance. To ever get to righteousness, I have to cross the threshold of repentance Repentance and confession of sins precedes forgiveness and acceptance by God. And the word repentance literally is what Scripture teaches. When the Bible says repentance, repentance literally means to turn around, to turn around. That's the the literal interpretation. In other words, I was doing life myself, but I turned around, and I'm going to do life God's way. I was I was making my own plans. I had my own opinions. I did it my own way. My my own value system. But I turned around and said, God, I'll accept your value system. I I, I was my, my disposition, my personality, my anger control. But I turned around and said, God, I'm not going to let my old ways do it. I'm going to let your character, and I'm going to let your word direct me. Repentance literally means to turn around. Here recently. I went to Home Depot and I was was looking for something. You know, first off, you you wander down aisles. It's hard for men to ask for help. Have you ever noticed that? uh, Guys, ladies, isn't that true? Isn't that true? Men do not like to ask for help. We're going to look around and I had meandered. I I can figure this out and I couldn't find it. Okay? I was looking for some, some still wool. And I, I I couldn't find it. I went, just, just couldn't find it. So finally, I asked him, and the lady said, "It's in aisle 32." I was, I was already in aisle five or six. So I tracked back all the way across the store, and I went to aisle 32. And I'm looking. I know steel wool is not very big, and I'm looking, I'm looking and looking, looking, and, and I'm thinking, this lady doesn't know what she's talking about. This steel wall is not here. I, I'm looking back and forth. Now, I'm, I'm checking down below and looking above. Finally, I'm in aisle 32. I go get more help. I'm looking for a steel wall. And another lady came up, and she says, it's right here. Turn around. And there it was. You know what? Aisle 32 is on both sides, Okay aisle 32. Hey, have you ever gone from feeling so smart to feeling so dumb so quick? You know what I'm talking about in a moment's time? I mean, if they were doing a, a, a sequel to Dumb and Dumber, I would have been cast in it right then and there, okay? I mean, I was looking everywhere here, and it was right behind me, and I had to turn around. And that's what God is saying. God is saying, some of you, you're looking for God's best, and you're saying, God, you shortchange me, God, it's not fair. You, you bless this guy and you blessed her, you blessed my sister-in-law. but God, you never do anything for me. I, I, I do my best, and I, I never see God's blessing in my life, and God says, just turn around, repent. The Bible says, if we will turn to the Lord, God will shine His blessing on us Romans. Romans chapter 3, verse 22 through 24. Here it is. This righteousness, there it is. This righteousness is given in faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. it will come to you. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Remember, unrighteousness is, is accepting less than God's best. Righteousness comes to all who believe, but if you ever accept anything less, here it is, verse twenty-three. All of sin and sin will always tell you accept something less. Verse twenty-four, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came through Jesus Christ. Here it is. Jesus went to the cross so you could have God's best. Jesus died. So you can experience the goodness of God, the best of God. But what it requires is to turn around repentance. And the Bible says this repentance has been freely given to us in Jesus Christ. And the moment we call upon the name of the Lord and we say, Jesus, forgive me. God says, you're qualified. You're qualified. Guilt has to leave. Your your sins are canceled. You're redeemed. You're set free. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. You have a new beginning with God. Repentance. Repentance opens the door, opens the door to righteousness. Righteousness starts with honest, true repentance. That's principle one. Principle number two is obedience to God brings favor. Obedience to God brings favor. Every time we want God's favor, God says there's a step of obedience. Psalm chapter 5, verse number 12. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. There's that word again. You bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. Do you know God's favor is pictured here as a shield? There's stuff that people try to do for you, do against you on the job, and guess what? It It never lands on you. Why? It's God's favor. There's people that have tried to undo. People have tried to ruin your career, and guess what? Their career fell down, and God upheld you. Somebody pushed you out, and, and they were in glee. Look what I did to them. But God used it as an opportunity and promoted you to something greater. The Bible says his favor is like a shield. His favor is like a shield. Obedience to God brings favor. Psalm 106, verse number three says, blessed are those who always do what is right. God says, I'm just going to pour good upon the righteous. You, you stand in right standing with God and do the right thing. And God says, I'm going to bless you. Perhaps, perhaps you're just one obedience away from the biggest breakthrough in your life. Oh, Hallelujah. One obedience away. You say, God, I I believe it's coming. Something you've been praying for. Something you've been believing God for. Something you, you say, God, I know you want to do it. When is it going to come? Perhaps you're one obedience away. What's the one thing God has been speaking to you? And you say, God, do this and then I'll obey. And God says, do. Go ahead and obey and watch my favor. See what it can create in your life. You know, nowhere, nowhere in the Bible... Nowhere in the Bible does a great miracle happen without great obedience. That's right. There are no amazing stories in this Bible without obedience. Think about Noah. The Bible says Noah built an ark to the saving of his household, but he did it and it had never reigned. What if God asked you to do something you had never done before in your life? Something maybe was never done in your family before. Just something brand new. Would, would you step out and just obey and see what God could do? Moses? Moses returned to a land in which he was a fugitive and going back could have met, could have met his, his arrest and perhaps even his death. But he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about the plan of God. What if God asked you to do something that on the surface it, it wouldn't advance you and it wouldn't make you look good, but it would make God look good. How about it? How about the feeding of the 5,000? There was somebody that gave their entire meal to Jesus and Jesus multiplies it and feeds the 5,000. Is there a moment when you say, God, I'm just going to give it all to you. I'm going I'm to take this daring, outlandish, marvelous step of faith and I'm going to go beyond what I've ever done before. God, I'm reckless going to go and obey you. Don't debate. Don't negotiate. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We want to bargain with God, don't we? We, we, want, to, we want to bargain with God. Yeah, yeah. My, my wife, when she goes to marketplaces, you know where you go and flea markets and places like she likes to bargain. You know, they want $5 for it. We've been, we've been overseas before. We'll go to the markets where they make wooden things, and uh, they'll say, this is five U.S. dollars, and Denise, I'll give you three. And they say, oh, no, I can't do that. I'm losing money at five. You know, you've heard that story before, and they go back and forth, and sometimes Denise will settle on $4, okay? She said, pay him. I, I have to pay, okay? I have to pay. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. I go to pay. I don't give them $4. I usually give them six or seven dollars. She said, "What do you mean?" I said, it "Doesn't matter. I'm gonna bless them, baby. I'm like God. I'm not like you. I'm not trying to get get, get something out of people." So she doesn't like to take me anymore because I am not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that. I found you know what? God don't bargain with him. Don't don't try to get a discount with God. With God, ask you obey Him. Obey Him. Go all the way with God, as a pastor, I've had a conversation like this many times, many times with a family, with a man, with, a, with, a, with an individual, with a teenager, with somebody. I've, I've had a conversation and sit down and say, you know, Pastor, I don't understand why, and they'll ask a question, or I, I want to have help with this, and I, I don't know why God doesn't answer my prayer. there will be some, they're asking a question and, and, and looking me to give direction. So we open Scripture up. And I'll say, well, what about this? Well, you know what? No, I really don't. I really don't do that. <laughs> I, I, no, Pastor, not I haven't. I said, well, if your life is not in alignment, and I'll point it out. I'll point it out. How about it? Do you know what I've heard more times than not? I've heard this. You know what, Pastor? God's been dealing with me. You know, God's been speaking to me. And, and that's been on my mind for several months or sometimes even a couple years. And you know what? The fact that you bring it up, I, I need to make the commitment right now that I'm going to stop it or I'm going to start it. I'm going to start doing what God said or I'm going to stop doing this. Inevitably, it's an obedience moment. And when God shines his light, if that obedience comes, then God's favor comes. Repentance. I mean, contrast, repentance and obedience. Repentance is how we live in Jesus. That's how you get into Jesus, how you get into the kingdom of God. How do you become a part of the family? How do you become a child of God? It's repentance. Repentance is how we live in Jesus. Obedience is how you live for Jesus. It's different. Yeah. Some of us have made the commitment to live in Jesus. We've repented. That we've never stepped up and said, I'm going to live for Jesus and obey God. And I invite you to know that obedience brings God's favor. Favor, favor overrides messes, delays, setbacks. It overrides everything else. If you find yourself saying this, oh me, oh my, oh, oh, oh. You've got to be kidding. Oh, God. Oh, oh, just, You're just always in disgust and disappointment. I invite you to know the favor of God. And obedience brings God's favor. Yes. Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you sit down and uh, you're ordering food and you look at it and you say, well, you know this and this and this. you know, I'm i am going to, I'm not going to, I don't know about you, but if I have a choice between a, a salad and pecan pie with ice cream, I'm taking the pecan pie with ice cream. I don't know about you, okay? If I'm going to spend six bucks, I don't want lettuce. I want to, I want to get that, I want to get that pecan pie. Do, you got, do I got an amen? You got, you got, you, are you following, you're tracking with me, okay? And you, you get there and you say, um well, sir, do you want a salad? No, I don't think a salad. I, I, I'm not hungry. Well, it comes with the meal. Well, if it comes with the meal, give me the ranch dressing and extra croutons, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was going to have to pay more for It comes with it. You know what? Obedience, favor comes with it. Some of us are seeking favor, and all you got to do is just obey him. If you'll obey him, then favor shows up. I tell you, every time I've obeyed God, every time I've come to a moment, I said, God, do it. God's laid it on my heart. to. There's been some big obedience steps. Yes, it's the beginning of this year. God put a challenge on Denise and I's heart for an obedience. There, God, God led us to do something and to give something and say, that's a big step. But we just, God, we're going to obey. We're going to obey. I just believe favor chases you down. I believe favor comes your way. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it opens up. He says, I appeal to you by God's mercy. Give your life as a living sacrifice unto God. He's worthy of it. And don't be conformed. Don't, d- don't try to adjust. Don't try to downsize God. Don't be conformed to this world. But be he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come with me. into verse number 2. It says, and you will know what the good, the pleasing, and the perfect will of God is. Did you ever notice that? It's on three levels. There's a small, medium, and large blessing. Yeah. There's a tall, grande, and venti. Amen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. God said, you want a you biggie size? You want to upsize You you, you want me to do something great marvelous? Do you want God to absolutely bless you and blow you away? And the Bible says then don't adjust, don't downsize. Obey. Whatever God is speaking, whatever God is challenging you, step in with full obedience now. Some, they'll say, yeah, I, I got some good things from the Lord. That's good, pleasing, and the perfect will of God. Good, well, you know, God's good, but it could be better. Pleasing is, you know what? It's, it's better than it used to be. I, I'm, I'm more happy than I used to be. But there's something more. You, you yearn, your your inside. Your gut tells you there could be better. The gut is keeping score. But then you step in with full obedience and you say the perfect will of God to the point you say, God, it just couldn't be any better. That's what I pray for you. That's what I pray for you. My my life's motto is this. My life exceeds my dreams, and I pray that for you. Obey God. Go on full force with God, all the way with God, and your life will exceed your dreams. Number three, I share with you. God's correction is always motivated by love. You need to know that. I need to know that. I need to know Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, verse 5 and 6, But if God ever disciplines, he does it out of love. If God ever brings you to a point of discipline, he does it out of love. Not not to punish, not for reprimand. God's discipline is always instructional. And some of us from time to time, self-included, my stubbornness or my temperament or my, my inhibitions result in God's discipline. That yeah, comes. But if God ever disciplines, God disciplines out of love. That's one of the principles of righteousness, to get us to make the right, to get us in right standing with God, to get us to do what is right. Yes, God will discipline, but it's always out of love. And number four, I share with you, right requires might. Right requires might. Yeah, that, that's, that's an oxymoron from the phrase of our culture. We say might makes right. In other words, you're strong enough, you yell enough, you stomp your foot enough, you protest enough, you get your way. No, it's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches the opposite of that, that right makes might. If you will do What is right, it requires you to take a step. It requires a discipline. It requires an action. Right requires might. It requires an action. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 7, it says this. It says this. Noah, he built an ark to the saving of his household and he became the heir of righteousness. There it is. What did he do? He built an ark. And what happened? He became the heir of righteousness. He took an action. He built an ark. He, he, it required might. It took an action. And guess what? The result of that was righteousness. And here's what God is saying. If you're, if you're wanting God to do it for you, it won't get done. If you're wanting to do it without sacrifice, you're wanting to do it without, without any adjustment, no, it won't get done. God says some things are done because you build the ark. You, you take the step. If, if, if you want to have a home that honors God, you're going to build it. You're going to say no to some things, and you're going to set some guidelines in the home, and you're going to say yes to some things. They're going to say, no, we don't allow this in the home. We're not going to allow this talk, this conversation. I, w- I won't act this way. I, I won't let my temperament get there. We're not going to go this direction. I'll do it this way. It, it requires an action, some might. Right makes, might makes right. There it is. You have to build the ark. If you're going to, if you're going to re- get there, God says it takes an action on your part. And I bring it down to this moment. It's an invitation. Some of us need to make things right with God. Some of us need to begin with principle number one, and that is repentance. And I'm going to give you that opportunity. Perhaps we've hid things from God and excused things for a long time. Make things right with God. If you've been on a journey of faith and you've been trying to earn or merit God and it hasn't worked and you're thinking God's been unfair to you, it begins with repentance. Repentance is the first step of righteousness. You need to invite Jesus to come into your life. Repentance brings me into the family of God and qualifies me for the favor of God. And I'm going to give you that opportunity so both balcony and main floor, if you would, just bow your heads for a moment and allow me to lead us into an altar moment in which let our hearts do business with God. So across the auditorium, as you inventory your own heart, is God talking to you? Is it an obedient step that you need take or is it a repentance step you need to take? Repentance is the very thing that brings us in right relationship with Jesus. There's no other, there's no other pathway begins there. And if you need to make a commitment, a repentance commitment to Jesus, a surrender, we call it salvation. We refer to being saved and that happens through repentance and if that's where you're at and you're ready to do it, on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to raise your hand, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer to receive Christ as your Savior. If you're ready to do that and you know that's the first step you need to take, count of three, raise your hand. Here it is. One, two, three. That's me. Yes, sir. God bless you. Yes. Yes, God bless you. Somebody else. Anyone else? Yes, all the way in the back. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you for your, your sincerity. Somebody else. I need to repent and make things right with God. Begins with repentance. Yes, sir. God bless you. You can put your hand down. God will honor that. Yes. Twofold. Twofold. Here's the second part. Is it in obedience? Has God been talking to you about something and you said, God, only after will I obey? And you know God's calling you to obey up front. Or there's been partial obedience and not full obedience. And you're ready to say, I'm gonna obey God. I need God's favor, but God is expecting me to obey him. If that's you, you just lift your hand and put it right back down. If that's you, there's an obedience moment that you're God's calling to you. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. Thank you very much. Somebody else. Yes, sir. Yes, somebody else. Somebody else. Yes. Yes, in the back. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do business by just coming to you in humility and honest prayer. And it's in the name of Jesus we approach you because there's a grace given to us freely through Jesus Christ through which we receive righteousness of God. And it begins with us repenting and saying, God, forgive us. And there were four or five hands that went up. People are in a moment and they need to say, God, forgive me. For some, it could be a life of neglect. For others, it, it could be a time of resistance and refusing perhaps even stubbornness or pride I'm guilty of that at times but tonight saying God forgive me God cleanse me set me free I pray that right now let the the grace of Jesus Christ come as people call upon you in true repentance and say Jesus forgive me and they're turning around they're going to do life a different way receive them into your family Let them feel, let them know the freedom of forgiveness, the grace of forgiveness to come upon them, I pray. I pray, God, right now that the joy of salvation will come, and they'll know because of Jesus they're in right standing with you. And for many of us who are at a moment of obedience, and we need to say, God, I will obey you. I will do what your word teaches. I will fully comply with the standards of your word. And your word says if we will pursue your righteousness, we'll be filled. We'll we'll have the abundance of your best in our life. And I pray that for your people. In Jesus' name, for those online, in Jesus' name, God, reach out to Digital Church right now. In Jesus' name. Let them know, let them know the freedom that comes from being in right relationship with you. Amen.